Welcome to our podcast. Hello, welcome to Latina, Latina Truths, Truths in, in the, the Burbs. It's Gabby and Lena. Just a tidbit about this episode. Lena and I will discuss the different cultural traditions we grew up with, specifically around the holidays. And not only that, how we have transitioned into new customs and beliefs with our partners. Reminiscing about our Latino family holiday parties to new celebrations, we have taken and melded our traditions together and will share with you how we are creating new memories for our own families. So, Lena, talk to me about your favorite holiday. Oh my gosh, holiday holidays. We love holidays. Latinos, um, I think we are all about saying, the holidays. We yeah. definitely like to celebrate. It's an excuse to party. It's an excuse to party. <laughs> like <laughs> To have loud music. Pretty Exactly, pretty much. And lots of food. Food, music. Um, family and friends come over. It's just a time to rejoice and like just let loose and hang out and not work and just really celebrate the moments in life. So yeah, my family was really, really big on celebrations as a whole. And my favorite holiday, it's really a toss up for me Mm -hmm. because I, I have like three favorite holidays. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Let me start by saying my, my first foremost favorite holiday as a kid growing up was Halloween. And why is that? Oh my God. I love, loved Halloween because I love to dress up. And it was like this thing where we would try to outdo each other between my sister and my brother. We would have like our own in-house competition. My mother would not buy our costumes. She's like, tell me what you want to be. I will buy the fabric and I will make it for you. I feel like that's so Latino. Like they're always sewing something right? or like some sort of, they have a, you have a seamstress in the family. Yes. Like for yes. Sure. That was my mom. <laughs> she was incredible on the sewing machine. And like she, if I wanted to be like a nurse one year, she, I couldn't just about pick up, you know, like white skirt and white. No, she made the whole thing. She even made the hat for me to put on my head. The cute little nurse's hat with the little like red oh cross. Oh my God, that's so cute. Um, little red riding hood one year. I couldn't just go pick up a red cape. Like she made it from like red felt cloth and then put a hood on it. And it was just like the same thing. So I, I feel like Halloween is definitely number one. Also, I, I love, love candy. I mean, I have a huge <laughs> sweet tooth. I am like the big, I'm like so terrible. Do you know where your mom learned how to sew? from her mother yeah and that's how it usually it happens it just gets passed down i feel like you yes, know um, i feel like i've learned how to sew from my my abuelita okay my abuelita was also a seamstress okay coming from there ecuador we go. and that's how she um even earned money to bring some of the family over um over here but awesome yes and actually i have to highlight to my father's mother who was my abuelita mm-hmm. um she was a real serious seamstress. Like, she yes. made stuff like fashion yes. dresses and gowns. She came from Puerto Rico, and she also herself was a fashion model. She was like a bathing suit model. But for the most part, where she got her income was from sewing. So back to Halloween. Now, I feel like from with marrying my husband, who's Canadian, um... He just had to like roll with it because when he met me, I was like, we're going to Halloween parties. We got two lined up. <laughs> He's like, what? But we're adults. I'm like, yeah, don't matter. My family, this is how we roll. So it was like my sister, mm-hmm. my brother, everybody would just, even my parents would dress up. Oh my God. I remember yes. one year I was in high school 
and my dad was the cheerleader and my mom was the football player. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, they reversed <laughs> roles. My dad had a long wig on with a Your skirt. Your dad was a Can cheerleader? Can you imagine my dad? Wow, you guys really got into the Halloween you, girl. spirit. Yeah, and then we would, we would get candies, my brother and I. We would come home, dump out our pillowcases full of candy, and we would trade... <laughs> Which candies? Like, if I didn't like something, I'd be like, I don't really like Jolly Rancher. And he'd be like, oh, well, you know, um, I'll trade me your Hershey's for this, and I'll give you that, you know? <laughs> it was, like, a big deal. It's You even got the bartering, bartering skills down. Like, you're, like, yes. trading, negotiating. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Halloween. And he'd be like, oh, no, that candy bar, the Snickers, is worth two of your Ranchers. <laughs> Because the Snickers is more. It's it's got like nuts and good and yummy caramel in it. And I'm like, oh man. And your brother's older, so yes. you know he was trying to like put one over on you. He totally did, man. He always made out better with that candy bartering than I did. But yeah, so I would say Halloween, and even like now with um, my husband and us having the kids at home and, and getting into this, mm-hmm. he um, has really, <laughs> I guess has. Has no other choice but have learned to adore Halloween. Mm-hmm. He was Jaws one year. He had like the big shark outfit on and I was a scuba diver. Okay. So we made a little tank out of like the um, soda bottles. Now are you sewing outfits for your kids So too? I got to say, right. I got to <laughs> say, unfortunately, I did not pick up that skill set. Um, gotcha. I do have a sewing machine, but funny enough, my husband's actually better at it. Oh. He is so much better at sewing than we'll I am. We'll take that. We will take that. You know, you know at least one of us can cover yeah. it. I can mend. I can sew socks and mend holes and, you know, put buttons on a jacket. But that's about it. Yeah, that's all I can do, too. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm definitely I'm not, not cutting out like on outfit. Mm-mm. No. So, yes. Yeah, so, Halloween was my, my fave. My first ultimate fave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also Christmas. Who who doesn't love Christmas? And yes. then there is Easter, which is like, you know, spring has sprung and the Easter bunny with the colored eggs and the egg hunt and all that stuff. But for Thanksgiving, oh, Thanksgiving. now this is non-religious, mm-hmm. right? But it's highly American. This yeah. is all like the, the American, the pilgrims come over. It's Thursday in November and we get the big turkey with all the fixings. And so from as long as I can remember, probably not the first five years of my life, but after that, my dad's tradition was the entire family, he would fly to Florida because he had some real estate properties that he bought in Florida and we would celebrate in the warm climate of the sunshine because November here in New England is like freaking cold, right? And everybody's getting crabby and putting on the sweaters and coats and really frigid. And so he was like, well, this is a time that you do get off from school also. When you look at the academic calendar, it was like, it just seemed to match up with my siblings and how we were off those days anyway. Right, because you got the, like, winter break. Yeah, it was, well, it was fall. Fall break. (laughs) And we would get, you know, that Thursday, that Friday off, which attached to the weekend, so it was four days. And quite honestly, my dad would probably take us out, like, another two days just to make it worth our while to go down. And I just love it because it was, like, the kickoff to... Christmas, you know, the next big holiday is in December. Exactly, it is in December. And so Gabby, tell me how, um, I think you have some like cultural changes that you had put in place when you met your husband. Mm-hmm. Let us know what that was. So like you, Lena, I actually grew up Catholic and I celebrated the similar holidays to you, which was Christmas and Easter and um, and. One of the things that we 
have found. <laughs> We're just beeping all over the place here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the memories that I have growing up in terms of like Christmas okay. where we have like, you know, the opening of the gifts at midnight. You yes. have like the big ga- family gathering. You have, you know, also the tradition of... Um, decorating the tree and okay. being together and and taking and your out your meal was like big right christmas eve night bethany with arroz con gandules, arroz con gandules. you have your potato salad you oh. have your ensalada de cebolla like Ooh, all that yumminess. yumminess so um and then now basically my husband who i'm now melding our religions together or uh-huh. you know now why is this is your your husband not catholic Right, my husband's Jewish, and oh, the reason okay. that I actually even realized he was Jewish when I first met him, the things that tipped me off were he had a mezuzah on his doorway. A mezuzah? A mezuzah. What's a mezuzah? So just to double check with our good friend Google, a mezuzah is a piece of parchment called a clef contained in a decorative case and inscribed with specific Hebrew verses from the Torah. Which the Torah is the equivalent of a Bible to Catholics, except it only includes the Old Testament. Oh, okay. So So the Torah is for Jewish people. It's their Bible, but it's just the Old Testament writing. Yes. Cool. Okay. And so... um, Within so the, that tipped you off. You're like, oh, he has a wazuzah. And his last name. Big oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would kind of give him away. <laughs> yeah, so those two things were the tip off. And so after we started dating and we realized that we wanted uh, something more, um, you know, he we had discussions about, you know, maybe even like having kids and how that would look in terms of religion. And, ah, okay. you know, he always did mention that his Jewish religion was something that was important to him. Number one, because of the fact that there isn't so many Jewish people because they were killed off during yeah, the, Holocaust. the Holocaust. Right. Um, and it was also important to him because he wanted to be able to pass it down to the kids. Okay. And so um, after he proposed, and after he proposed, I basically started looking into converting wow. myself to Judaism because I knew that that's the only way that the kids would be. Um, recognized as Jewish if the both parents were Jewish. Oh, is that it? Exactly. Okay. All right, because there's no baptism or anything no. for them the way we have in the Catholic tradition. No, they don't have a baptism. Okay. Um, they have actually a bat mitzvah and a bar mitzvah. And they even have, when they're first born, uh-huh. um, they have... Um, the crash? The moil comes. The moil comes. Comes and basically for the boy... Um, will circumcise circumcised okay. yeah so it's like these are all parts traditions pretty much right. of the jewish faith okay um, but is bat mitzvah boy or bar mitzvah boy bar mitzvah's boy okay and bat mitzvah's girl got it okay pretty sure about that <laughs> cool 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 no because and growing up i had some friends that were, were had bat mitzvahs and mm-hmm. i think that's the girl right that's the girl yeah i've never been to a bar mitzvah but so, yeah, so this was definitely something that was important to him. So in, in me converting, that was a huge decision for me because even though I wasn't super religious in terms of like Catholicism, but it, I had to take on another religion. So what, what did that entail? So I had to uh, basically have a rabbi be a mentor to me and okay. basically walk me through the conversion process. Okay. And I had to 
my husband and I were able to immerse ourselves in like Jewish traditions and all things Jewish, pretty much. Like, like what, I remember, like, cooking, like food, cooking, latkes. food, exactly. Um, and we celebrated Sabbath dinner, uh, where you basically incorporate Jewish prayers and blessings over the challah and wine. We also ventured to different synagogues in New York City and checked out the Jewish Museum. Girl, I even remember cooking a matzah lasagna that was kosher, so you could only use meat because when you keep kosher, you cannot mix meat and cheese. Even going and watching this movie called Jewish and in, in, uh, Jews in Baseball, it was oh. like it was this great movie. We had probably we had never watched it, and we were able to see how like the Jewish people have contributed over history to the sport of baseball. Oh, how cool! You know, it's not something that's necessarily talked about, but it is no. something that happened okay. and so it was great to learn about so just really immersing myself and it was also alongside with the mentoring of the rabbi you have to take classes and i believe it's for six months oh wow um, so you really so it's were a real committed you like process. You, yeah. you were like honey you got me now i'm doing this for you <laughs> <laughs> you gave me the rock and now i'll go <laughs> Convert myself for you, honey. It always will remind me of Sex in the City, like when Charlotte converted. And oh, right, yeah, right. so I, I remember watching that and just like, you know, being able to feel an ally to her. Or just okay. be like, I know what you went through. Like, yes. I got you, girl. Like, yes, yes. That is awesome. That is so, so nice, too. Yes. Because it's a way then probably that you were able to feel more accepted and welcomed in exactly. his family probably when you just went to visit his parents and, and had, his siblings right and for like the holidays like rosh hashanah and hanukkah they have passover okay. passover as well okay so it's different and it was great for me to gain all that knowledge so yes. that i wouldn't feel as like an, an outsider, outsider. got right. it got it so now for december um Hanukkah begins in mid. It's before Christmas for it the is Catholics, usually before right? Christmas. So you have how many? You have eight days. Eight of, days. Okay. It's eight days, and you light um, candles on a menorah. Okay. Which uh, basically, um, it's eight days of gift giving, and the menorah actually stands for um, the oil that the Jewish people had placed in a temple, and they thought it was only gonna last for one day, and it ends up lasting for eight days. Oh. So it's kind of oh, like cool. a miracle. Oh my God, that's um, So awesome. it's symbolic to, you know, just to that time. And it's great because it allows us to, to remember it. Yes. And, and pass you, it and down to our And you get to, to do kids. it eight times. Yeah. <laughs> eight days. Of, eight days of gift giving of gift too. Giving, yeah. Now, is this a hassle or is this cool? Like what are those eight gifts like for I think each of your children? <laughs> right. Um, we try to, re you know, my kids are now three. We've done it for three years. And of course, the first year or two, it wasn't as oh, like no. significant they, they to don't them. Probably know. Right. But this year, it actually was. And we made sure to give them, you know, s smaller gifts and maybe gifts that would have more of a significance rather than a materialistic okay. significance. Like what? So, Give me an example. So we, I, I created like a family album for us and I gave that oh, to them this year for one nice. of the days. And they, and they actually, they, uh, they actually, like it I, they have it in like one of their cute tents so they oh, are treasuring it they are treasuring it yeah so i think you know what a great giving tradition. them small gifts and so cool you know some like two or three big gifts and then okay you know some some things that are more now, uh symbolic of what i absolutely loved so when i came to your house i had never seen this before oh yeah and i need you to talk about it because <laughs> i think it is amazing right we have like so like we have 
Santa Claus and Santa Claus elves, and we have the yes. reindeer, and you know, but, elf on the shelf. Yeah, the elf on the mm-hmm. shelf. You have Harry Hanukkah. So yes, we have Hanukkah Harry. Hanukkah Harry. So we have um, <laughs> appointed Hanukkah Harry to be Santa Claus's brother. Oh, so, that's so great. That's how we basically. Um, commemorate Santa in, in our okay, house. Yeah, Even yeah. though my kids are aware of Santa and okay. they know about the elves, they've watched movies, and okay. so they definitely are aware of all of it, but they don't feel excluded because they have Hanukkah Harry. Nice. And there's also Mensch on the bench. Yes. So <laughs> they have Elf on the Shelf and you guys have Mensch on the bench. How yes. awesome is that? Yes. So tell me about Elf on the, Elf shelf, on the shelf in your family. Like, oh my gosh. It, it years ago it came out so I did it for my son and we still have the same elf like now my daughter's you know has been born and older she doesn't get her own elf no it's one elf per house and you read this book and pretty much the theory is or the tradition is this elf goes and flies at night back to the north pole and mm-hmm. reports to santa claus how well your children have been behaving in the house leading up to Christmas and mm-hmm. based on if they obey and they're good or whatever, then they get their gifts that they're, their wish list. Mm-hmm. But, and so why I love the elf on the shelf, even though it's a pain in the butt to have to remember to like put it in a different spot every day <laughs> and you're not supposed to touch the elf because then it loses its magic. Cause if they ask you, how does the elf fly? It's magic. It's all Christmas magic. Okay. And God forbid you do forget to move the elf and the kid wakes up and they go, oh my God, my elf is dead. It has no more magic. It didn't move. You have to think of a story and be like, no, no, no. You know what? He just really, really likes that place. He's probably very comfortable where he is right now, right. but I'm sure he'll move the next night. <laughs> so yeah, that's the theory behind the elf on the shelf. Ours was named Mango because my son at the time when he was whatever, three years old, liked mangoes. So he named it Mango and it's, it has stayed Mango ever since. And now that my, you know, there's six year difference between between my son and my daughter. Mm-hmm. So now my son is finding the joy of moving the elf around the house. Mm-hmm. Now it takes the ownership off my plate. Right. And he can do it for her. But it's gotten out of contrizzy. I oh mean, social media, you'll see these people taking photos of their elf. They'll put their elf in a little plastic container and dump miniature marshmallows in it. And their elf is taking a bubble bath. <laughs> like, they do crazy things. They'll put the elf on, like, this little toy train and be like, oh, the elf is riding the train tonight. Like, you know, all these, like, ridiculous things. But it's, it's, it's kind of funny. But then it's like, oh, my God, how much time do you people have on your hands to be doing <laughs> this? And by the way, you're not supposed to be touching your elf. So how does it still have magic? <laughs> But, you know, I grew up with kids that were not Catholic. And I remember them being like, gosh, you have so many different celebrations before the actual holiday in December. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that they came out with Mench on the Bench. Yes. You know, so like the Jewish And Hanukkah Harry. And Hanukkah Harry. So they can Mm -hmm. still have like some kind of similar stories to tell at school and share with their friends. And I mean, I think it's all really great. Just the, the, the fact that. We are maintaining the traditions and adding some more and transitioning to new. Exactly. With, you know, those that we married and how we want to raise our children. Um, so, yeah. So, Christmas Eve, say, you know, the Catholic Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is pretty much the same um, when I grew up as well as you. You know, there was gifts, except... My family is like over gift giving. And I remember my grandmother, she would tease us, her grandkids, because she would start buying gifts in like the summertime. Oh my God. Yeah, she would buy Christmas gifts starting in like August. 
And then she would wrap them in these amazing like papered with bows and she would stack them starting from, like I said, like September on in her living room. She would have presents wrapped oh beautifully. We'd go visit her and we couldn't touch them or open them or anything. Such a tease. It was such a tease. And she's like, nope, nope, that's for Christmas. Like she started like four months in advance planning. And she had the most beautiful Christmas tree and all the ornaments and the lights and the food and the cookies and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I married, so my husband is is not American and he's not Catholic. He's Christian, mm -hmm. but um, their big holiday in Canada is actually Boxing Day. Mm. So Boxing Day is December 26th. It's the day after okay. Christmas. And so that was really new for me. Like when I was dating him and stuff, I was like, wow, what, what does this mean? And you know, friends would be like, oh, does that mean you got to go watch, like, you know, a fight, like a Mike Tyson fight, like a boxing match or something that day? Like, why is that so important to them? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that kind of boxing. Right. So it's boxing. The tradition comes um, from way back years ago in England when the royalty would have their servants serving them on Christmas Day. And the day after is when the help and the servants were able to then celebrate mm -hmm. gift giving and um, getting box gifts, maybe even from their like employers that they no longer wanted. They got the like, you know, remnants of boxes. Mm. And so that was the like more important day in Canada because it was time for when the servants and the help could really um, appreciate and celebrate the holidays with their families because they weren't working. It right. was a non-work day for them. Right. And I think they have also now created, like, it's also their Black Friday. So, like, how like we things. have, like, the Black Friday after Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. where, like, all these stores have stuff on sale and, like, prices are slashed in half in preparation of giving Christmas gifts, Right. But Canadian, they do it on Boxing Day. That's so, so smart. That it is smart, you know? <laughs> so it's like then they can go to the stores and get stuff half yes. off and still provide gifts for their family. Yes, that you is know? so smart. These Canadians. They, they did. They really thought that through. They are thinking things through. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over here with us. And I just say that, like, selfishly, I actually worked out really well for my family and his when we were trying to merge the two because I felt like on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I didn't have to choose a family or I didn't have to right. feel like I was running to two different family parties at the same time. Right. It was great. I was able to celebrate with mine. And the same with me. Yeah. And then it was like the day after when everybody else is done with it, then I would fly up to Canada and we'd be with his family. Mm -hmm. And they would do like, you know, a grab bag and they would have food, but they didn't do like, that's when they would have actually their turkey mm. with the fixings, not on Thanksgiving. Okay. They would have it on Boxing Day. That is so yeah, so then December, what's the next big holiday or tradition, I guess? I mean, Valentine's Day, February, yes, it's all, you know, great and stuff. And my family right. are, are big on giving gifts. Yes. You, you have know. a great gift giving spirit. I don't know. You start just... buying gifts. You're like your grandmother. I don't know if you're keeping them out for your kids to be teased with, but you're like your grandmother. You start buying gifts like way early oh, in the year you're right yeah, <laughs> i do i do have that from her i do love shopping i love buying gifts and i will pick the perfect gift for somebody like i will see it and like you said it could be like months before their birthday and i'll be like i'm buying that now because that is that person they would want this they would love it i'm buying it like three months nice. ahead of advance i don't care i'll put it in my closet and then when it comes the day that i need it it's there but i tell you that <laughs> that says a lot about your character and your personality <laughs> because you are constantly thinking about other people like I'm not like that in that sense of just, I can't like, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not like that. <laughs> you are great in that sense that it's you one can... one of my skills, girl. Yes, it's one, one of your skills. skills. Exactly. Skills. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to skip over Valentine's Day. And the next favorite holiday of mine is Easter, mm-hmm. which is in April for the Catholics. And so, for me, besides the fact that, like, April, my gosh, it's springtime. You know, the flowers are pushing up through the grass. Like, it's warmer out. The days are longer. You're outside. You don't need big, bulky jacket, hat, and gloves on. Besides all that greatness, mm-hmm. um, the Catholics are very much, um, this to them is just as important as Christmas Day. Because in the Catholic religion, Christmas Day is when Christ is born, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then Easter is actually... When he is um, crucified, he dies, but he rises again. But the fun part of it, of course, is like leading up to... Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny! (laughs) The commercialized aspect. Commercialized aspect, which I am such a sucker for that stuff. Honestly, I love shopping and I love buying gifts. (laughs) Of course, I'm going to be a sucker for Easter because my whole house gets decorated every Easter. Mm -hmm. I decorate almost every room in my house. I get the wreath out on the front door. You know, I'm putting out, like, the big bunnies and the little, like, um, the floral topiaries. And I have the um, stone bunnies on the front patio. And then we do the Easter egg hunt and we color Easter eggs with dye. I don't really know what the tradition about the eggs is and why it's a bunny. But there's something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we right, eat... Right, because bunnies don't lay eggs. So why are they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't totally get that. You think it would be a chicken? Oh well, they do have chicks. They do the bunny chick. I mean the Easter chicks. Okay. Right. Okay. They have Easter chicks too. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So and for us, which starts the um, process of I guess um, following in our Christian Catholic faith is Ash Wednesday. So for us on Ash Wednesday as a kid, I remember hating this day. Because Why? as a Catholic on Ash Wednesday, you had to go to church. It was in the middle of the day. You had to get ashes put on your forehead by the priest. So you were like marked with a big black axe. <laughs> and the thing is, when you left church that day, you could not go and wash it off. You had to sit with that mark on your head for the rest of the day and night. So no matter what you were doing the rest of the day, you had to go run your errands. You had to play sports. You had to go out to dinner. You had this big black ass mark on your head. That's so funny. I I also was raised Catholic, so I also received the ashes and and did the same. But I never felt that way about it. Like oh, I just I felt like never why? felt like I had a big black mark. It was just something that everyone in the school did it. Like you know, we all attended service, and okay. then we would Catholic get the Catholic school. Everybody does. Yeah, it. so yeah. everybody just had it. So it wasn't something that it made me feel like. I have a big black mark on my head. Like, it was just something like, okay, I got my ash, ashes for Ash Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then after Ash Wednesday is, um, you know, the start of Lent for us. Mm-hmm. And so Lent is um, the eight weeks that leads up to, e- to Easter. And so for Lent, our season on Fridays, what we follow is we don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty much that... Fridays, no meats during Lent, and you're also supposed to give something up or mm-hmm. do something like a kind act of goodness okay. every week to kind of represent you sacrificing of yourself the way Jesus sacrificed for us. Okay, so a parallel. So that's right. a little parallel meaning there. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember not eating meat. 
I remember the Lent part where you would have to not eat meat on Good Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's it. Okay. Like, now, how about for the Jewish tradition? Is Passover now or no? So Passover um, also comes... Um, this year it's going to be the end of March, so it really just varies where it falls on the Jewish calendar. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Passover, there are some traditional foods that are served, um, and the symbolism behind it is basically these were the houses that were passed over while there was um, like killing of first sons for oh, right. some of the people. In- this is coming back to me in the Old Testament. Yes. So. Okay. Um, I know it, there's also like, um, the plagues and, and the you have fishes, to read right? from the book. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there was, that was one of the plagues where like all the fish died or. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're the locusts. Yes. The flooding, <laughs> the, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. 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 Got you. Got you. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely that, that is what we celebrate now, but I grew up the same way as Lena where we did the Easter egg hunt and, um, and so now, so girl, you know, you could game. always come celebrate Easter over here with yeah, your kids. Thank you. Because I will be doing some egg that. dying, <laughs> and I will be putting some, hiding some eggs with candy and money. And in I it. think we commemorate Easter, but we just don't, I guess, recognize the religious aspect of it, Got right? It. I Got think it. that's the big difference because my kids have seen and are familiar with the Easter bunny. Okay. And okay. Um, and it's not disrespectful to right. your husband for them to do an egg hunt per se. I don't think so. I mean, this is, we haven't necessarily done one. Okay, um, gotcha, but, gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, it's almost, it's, it's harmless because it's not like you're revering some, I mean, it's the bunny. Honestly, I, I feel bad right now and I can't believe I'm like embarrassingly admitting this. <laughs> I don't know the significance or symbolism of the Easter bunny in the Catholic tradition. So I said it, y'all. All right. So all so. these holidays and our traditions in transition... Um, I think what we want to do is we want to end today's segment with our favorite part. Yes, dímelo, dímelo, dímelo. Yay. So, Gabby, I want you to talk to, um... Are we going to be speaking about Meghan Markle? Oh, my gosh. I think we have to. I think we have to, you guys. We have to speak about the interview with Oprah, with Prince Harry and Meghan. Yes. That was so riveting. Yes. Uh, of course, one of the big takeaways is the racism that she experienced oh, yes. when she was pregnant. About, right? From all times, of course, this has to happen when she's pregnant. Yep. And it's not even to her necessarily. It's to her unborn child. They're, right? Her family questioning how dark the child may be is... That's crazy. Completely outrageous. That is so nuts. And how did that get back to her? I know. We right? were just, we were speaking on this, Lena and I. We were thinking that she, Mark, uh, uh, Megan and Harry must have great communication. Yeah. That they would share all this, you know, happening, um, these conversations that he even had from his family because it wasn't directly said to her. It was said nope. to him and he shared it with her. Right. Right. So. And of course now news says that it didn't come from the queen or from the prince, so it was not from Queen Elizabeth saying that about her uh, son and daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. But, who, I mean, I'm like, who was it? Right. Was it the sister-in-law? I know. Was she involved? <laughs> Kate Middleton? Or was it the aunt? Conspiracy theories. Conspiracy. Um, Anyways, uh, doesn't matter who said it. The fact that it was said is very hurtful, very demeaning. 
Um, I think they were brutally candid and honest to Oprah. And they Oprah, were. I almost and was kudos like... kudos to them. I think yeah. that, you know, they also may have felt that the population or the listeners may be more um, able to receive this sort of information or this sort of update because of the times that we're in Mm -hmm. because there's so many so much movement and conversation about racism now that they can even come through with this truth that happened to them to help educate others exactly yeah to help educate others amazing that they felt comfortable enough to to bring that out in the open you know and the more that we can bring out this ignorance and this lack of um empathy or compassion for skin color and people of different cultures, the better off we will be as an entire society and an entire world, you know? And I think we're all constantly learning, you know? And I think that that is what we can do at this time. We're still learning. We want to just have the conversations and open each other's minds up because there's a lot of people that are still very close-minded, you know? And maybe they don't mean it in a a very demeaning way, but because they're so ignorant, that's all they know. Exactly. And that's how they were raised and they grew up hearing that. And so because they were surrounded with that thought process, it's like they all of a sudden got that same brainwashing happening. And then unless somebody brings it to their awareness to Mm -hmm. say, hey, this is not okay. Right. You know, this is not acceptable. They wouldn't know. Right. So we all think, I think that we all do need to be a little more sensitive and compassionate to everyone. Even and I commend, that, I commend Megan and Harry for their bravery to have that interview, to yes. do, you know, to share this. Um, that is very, very commendable. I yes. think they're, they're public figures. They, she went through a really tough experience being a part of the Royal family. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the other huge, um, oh, uh, real quick, the other huge um, area of concern that was brought out was mental illness yes. and how, you know, she was going through something. She felt so isolated. It's, it's very interesting how, you know, she felt very isolated. And I think that is one thing. She also did the same thing that you and I did or, you know, we moved to a place where we... Well, myself, actually. I moved to Westchester for, like, and left my familiarity, the, the comfort zone of my, you know, being in the city and, and moved somewhere that's completely suburban and had to learn my way around. She did the same thing. She moved from L.A. to right. England and, right. you know, didn't have a lot of close family and friends. So it lends itself definitely to a lot of ice. Feeling isolated, isolated. Yeah. feeling, feeling lonely. alone. She felt alone. She definitely felt alone. She probably started second guessing her worth and her value as a person, mm-hmm. her integrity. How is she seen by it's so these parallel to what people. we went through? Yeah, I mean, like to the point where, like, they even highlighted. I, I mean, forgot. we weren't in a castle. I mean, no, <laughs> that would have been that. That would be nice to talk about, but we can't talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, to the point where she said she was being told what to wear. She had oh, a necklace on absolutely. with an H and M on it, and the uh, the queen was like, "You need to take that off because I don't want the paparazzi thinking oh, that's like that. an inexpensive necklace. Like your neck should be for diamonds and pearls, and not for this cheap necklace." And she was like, "What? You're telling me what to wear now and what not to wear?" She was like, "Oh no, that's why the Megxit happened." 
She was like, I need to get out of here. I am not going to be controlled by these people no more. Right. And even Harry says it. Mm-hmm. You know, because Oprah asked him, do you think if it wasn't for Megan, do you think that you would have moved to the United States to California? And he said, absolutely not. I wouldn't no. have. He said, no. I would have been trapped. Because everybody else in there is trapped. That's what he said. Because they all have, have like one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And their thinking needs to evolve and needs to continue to... Ha, you know, continue. They need to continue to have conversations where they can better themselves yes. and become more aware of what else is out there. Well, it's I not mean, just with, them and the royal family and what the, what they look like. Exactly. You know, Diana, I think, is really instrumental for Harry and how he did have that courage he uses, and yes. that bravery because his he mom. He's a glaring example of what can happen. Yes. Yes. She went through mental illness and was not helped. Was not helped. And she was just very strong, though. And she wasn't going to let them push her around. Right. And he sees that in Megan and probably admires her for her strong will and being, you know, proud, yes. educated, and independent. Absolutely. So we are. We want to continue that. We want to continue having these conversations and, like, making our own way and, gain, and having that sense of independence. Yes. Independent but connected. How about that? Independent but connected. I love that. And leaving with our audience a very heightened and spicy tune in honor of Women's History Month, because it's March, and also International Women's Day, we're going to play a very spicy track from Shakira, International Female, and Black Eyed Peas called Girl Like Me. <laughs> Yo quiero, mira, yo quiero una chica que no me diga mentiras. Yo no te 